The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, the Edmonton Oilers get their butts kicked in the third period tonight. The Calgary Flames get three goals. The shots were 18-5 for the Flames. And the Flames turn a 2-1 deficit into a 4-2 win over the Oilers tonight. First edition of the Battle of Alberta this season. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 11-14. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. As the Oilers slip to 9-9-1 on the season. They had a 2-0 lead. In the second period, they still held a 2-1 lead going to the third, but they can't finish the game, and uh, they hardly had anything going on in the third period. In fact, could barely get out of their own end. The Flames' third period magic continues. They go to 11-8-1 on the season. Six of their wins have come when they have trailed after two periods. They are 6-7-1 when trailing after two. Calgary's goal differential in the third period is plus 17. This was their 20th game of the year. They're already plus 17 in the third period. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Rob, what happened in the third? Well, a lot of things. I think that the Calgary Flames gained momentum through big saves by their goaltender in the first 40 minutes, especially in the in this, in the second period where uh, the Oilers had a couple breakaways. I think their Calgary Flames gained a lot of momentum when they well shorthanded the Oilers miss a breakaway. Jujar Kara and the Flames 30 seconds later score to make it a 2-1 game. So right there, the Calgary bench is thinking, oh no, we're about to go down 3 nothing. Instead, they come back, score, it's 2-1. And then the other thing I talked with Bob at the end of the game, the Edmonton Oilers killed six penalties through 40 minutes. Their main penalty killers over the beginning of the season, Brodziak not in the lineup tonight, Reeder not in the lineup tonight, Strom traded. So players that aren't normally penalty killers or don't kill as often are forced to kill more. And I think in the third period, because uh, Marodi didn't play, Russell played, played very little, the Oilers' energy was spent. It takes a lot of energy to kill penalties. The Oilers did a great job doing it. But the energy they expended through the first 40 minutes, I think, caught up to them in the third. 4-2, the Flames win it. And, yeah, Marodi, I don't think Marodi played in the second period either. I don't think so either. He's, he, he's sitting at uh, 3.15 of ice time for the whole game, and I'm pretty sure that's what he was after the first period as I was following along uh, online. The Oilers uh, go 1-2 for two on the power play, odd power play. They scored just as a session of 4-on-4 four four hockey ended. They did have a power play late in the second period, weren't able to score Calgary one for six on the man advantage. Edmonton did, did get a shorthanded goal from Alex Chason. Oh, and I see Adam Larson has had an assist uh, added on that goal. Chason from Larson, McDavid from Dreisaitl, the other Edmonton goal tonight. Uh, one of the new flames acquired in the in the trade with Carolina, Elias Lindholm, gets the game winner and also gets an empty netter. And and I thought it was a well goaltended game. Mm-hmm. I thought Koskinen made some big saves himself, but obviously he was under barrage in the third period. But David Riddick you know, you talk about the big saves, and, and you, you referenced it, Rob. There's three breakaways when the Oilers have the lead. They're up one nothing, just under eight minutes left in the first period. Dreisaitl breakaway. Riddick makes the leg save. Dreisaitl shorthanded breakaway early in 
the second period. Mm-hmm. Now, the Oilers did score shortly after that to go up 2-0, and then Kara has a shorthanded breakaway late in the second period. He stopped Ryan's score shortly after that. So Riddick has uh, been a huge story for the Flames. I mean, Mike Smith's save percentage, 876 coming into tonight, and uh, Riddick improves to 6-1. and one. Uh, He was the difference in the game. He was the best player. Uh, in the game tonight. He gave the Calgary Flames a fighting chance when they, they were slow out of the gate. He didn't allow the Oilers to extend it. You and I talked off air that it, it, the Oilers were one shot away from the game being over when it was 2 nothing, and, and Riddick kept making the save. I told you earlier that I was in an event this summer with Mark Giordano and just going over players on his team and asked about the goaltending situation and he talked about Riddick and how strong a goaltender he felt he could be and you know the rest of the league is seeing that right now because he was excellent and the one thing that the team not only fed off his saves I think they also fed off his enthusiasm like he was pumping the crowd out he was doing the uh, high kicks got his knees up jumping up throwing his arms in the air he was into this game and uh, I know it was fun listening and it was probably fun watching uh, for, for people on TV, but I think there was a pretty electric atmosphere, something we haven't seen in a Battle of Alberta game in a long, long time. I think it's going to be fun the next three games that we have against the Calgary Flames. They mean something now for both teams. All right, so 4-2 Calgary takes it. We'll get to the phone lines in a couple of minutes here at 780-496-0063. Let's go back to Calgary. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. It's a matter of not capitalizing on those breakaways that cost ended up coming back to bite you guys. Uh, yeah, I uh, think if we capitalize on on those chances, um, you know, it's a it's a different game, so we didn't. Um, that's it. What was the difference in the game uh, from the first period to the third? I believe you guys were limited to two or three shots in the third period. Maybe we played on our heels a little bit. Um, I don't know. You know, look at it and you know do it better next time. Was it very nasty game starting starting whistles because it was Calgary or was it a good shot to see like he was in the middle? I don't know. So it's a hockey game, it's a tough battle. Those things happen. Aldi, on uh, heading into tomorrow, you guys are quick on the turnaround. Do you see it as a positive playing a back to back and getting back on the ice tomorrow against Vegas? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we, we get another chance uh, tomorrow to, to win a hockey game, and um, you know we'll we'll do everything we can to to do so. Does it stick that much more when you give up a two-goal lead like that? Every loss stings, yeah. But um, you know, it was a big game for us, and um, you know, we couldn't. Um, couldn't get the two points, so um, that's, that's all that matters. You've been snake bit. You've had so many chances the last week. I mean, two really good moves. In the first one, you looked like you were trying to cut through his legs. The second one, trying to shoot a farther out. You seemed like he was either guessed right or was really good at it. That was two good saves. All right, that's Leon Dreisaitl as he gets an assist tonight. Denied on a couple of breakaways. Oilers lose to the Flames 4-2. Edmonton did have a 2-0 lead, but uh, those misses on high-scoring chances, those stops by David Riddick ultimately opening the door for the Flames to come back and get yet another third-period comeback victory. The Oilers, uh, we mentioned Cooper Morody didn't play much. Uh, some other guys not on the ice a whole bunch. Patrick Russell making his NHL debut, played just eight and a half minutes. So you had some 
cycling through on the lines. You had some changing of the lines. Milan Lucic went up with McDavid and Dreisaitl, obviously with the game pretty heated in the first period. Kind of a little bit of uh, policing up there. Stayed with them for most of the rest of the game. There were some other players, Chase on, for example, who got to rotate in. But do you think they, they should have moved away from that, especially with how it was going in the third, maybe put Kajula back in that slot? I, I agreed with the move early. And, and right at the bat, we saw it. We said, you know what, this is probably there because they're taking liberties with, with, with both Leon and Connor. So they're putting Milan there. Milan did a, a fantastic job uh, with his physicality and, and sending a message to the Calgary Flames. The, the thing that when the Oilers got into the third period, Milan has struggled. Scoring goals, it's obvious. It's well documented. Uh, the play ends on his stick sometime. And I think that when you're playing with Connor and you're playing with Leon, you, you can't let plays die because they can turn uh, a one little teeny misstep by a, a Calgary Flamer by a defender into a goal-scoring chance. So that's why you always want to keep things going forward. You don't want to turn pucks over. You don't want to, to, to make miss passes you 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 want everything to be positive and then it's the one thing that we've seen in the last year with Milan Lucic he, at times he struggles when he's playing with the top two guys simply because he doesn't think the game is fast them a lot of players don't but yeah I probably would have changed the line in the third period and had someone else out there that would have created a little more offensively Flames beat the Oilers 4-2 so when you have a player like Matthew Kachuk and this is why he's <laughs> been a successful player through his career and it's still a relatively young NHL career but I'm, I'm sure going back to when he was eight years old he was the most agitating guy on the ice what is the and you you would have played with and against yep, players lots of who, who brought that to the ice is there a best way to handle him do you have to read the game because obviously Cassian taking 16 minutes in pen out didn't hurt the Oilers but it sure could have uh, it didn't hurt it in that specific situation but Cassian taking 16 minutes in penalties uh, is isn't isn't ideal and and Kachuk you know probably isn't gonna fight unless it's on his terms so how do you handle a player like that you try to ignore him and the coaches will tell you that before the game, just ignore them, just just let them be and go out and play hockey. But it's really hard when emotions get involved. Uh, it's really hard when he just keeps gnawing at you, gnawing at you. And eventually you do something, then you get frustrated because you get a penalty. Or you get frustrated because you rub something in, uh, in your face. Uh, I think the referees made mistakes early, especially when he didn't get penalties when he should have. The, the Connor McDavid tassel and then he punched Leon in the head a few times that frustrates the players more so uh, you, you try to ignore him and then you settle scores later there'll be a time when either you're up a lot or they're up a lot that's when you settle scores it's hard to do it in a close hockey game like this give him credit he did exactly what he needed to do tonight and, and set the tone in this hockey game and, and, and he's going to be like what is he 20 years old something like that, he's going to be like this for the next 10, 12 years. Right. So the, the Edmonton Oilers young players are going to have to get used to it. There will be a time to settle scores in the middle of a hockey game and a close hockey game is not the time. That'll be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Flames rally in the third. Beat the Edmonton Oilers 4-2. We'll bring Pat on the open line. Hi, Pat. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, it was a terrific game today and uh, it had a little bit of everything. Uh, the, the one thing that I would say is 
uh, I would want to talk about is the use of a timeout uh, at with about five to seven minutes uh, gone in the third period. The Oilers had been tied for shots at 22, and all of a sudden it's 27-22, and then it just went up from there for shots. Would would that not have been a good time to call a timeout rather than with a minute 30 left or whatever it was? The reason you save your timeouts till the end is so that you can get your best players extra time at the end of the game. So if, say, Connor's line's out there at the two-and-a-half-minute mark, and it goes down to a one and a half minutes and there's a face off, then you can call a timeout and you don't have to pull your best players off. They get the rest during the timeout. That's why you have a timeout so that you can rest your best players and get them out as much as possible when your goalie is pulled. And with the, the TV stoppages, yeah. there's always one coming. I mean, it's the first whistle that's not a goal or not on a power play after 14, 10, and 6 minutes left in a period. So I think coaches always think, okay, if we can weather the storm yep. until we get that, then then you get a little bit of, uh, little bit of a break. 780-496-0063. We have Stephen on the line. Hey, Stephen, go ahead. I was just wanted to say that I kind of get frustrated all the people bashing Todd McCollum and Peter Shirelli. The players, well, third period, they didn't really do anything, but I just get frustrated with people bashing Todd McClellan. Yeah, you're right. This is a passionate sports town, a passionate hockey town. Uh, I like Todd McClellan. Um, I've been a, a fan of his. and I mean, we all make mistakes. Both the coaches and the GM have made mistakes, but it's easy to call a game from the stands. It's easy to call a game while you're watching it on TV. You never make mistakes when you're, on, when you're watching it. It's the guy you they. Yeah, I agree. It, it's 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 frustrating when yeah. the team doesn't do as well as you want them to do. You look for people to blame, and it's always the GM and the coach are the first to get blamed. I, I will say this: in my opinion, Todd McClellan has done a better job coaching the team than Peter Shirelli has done managing it, and the Calgary Flames are deeper. Yes. Well, that's that's largely management. Oh, absolutely. That's largely player selection, mm-hmm. signing, drafting, and trading. No, you're absolutely and, right. Uh, I'll, uh, Stephen, we're going to finish the play with you, so don't go anywhere. Uh, I mean, there there are always scouts coming through Edmonton. I got to briefly talk to a scout I know before the Montreal game. Uh, we were just going to our spots for the anthem. So I said, hey, man, in 10 seconds, what do you think of this team, of the Oilers? And he said, they don't have enough skill. And that's obviously complementary skill to, 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 the, <laughs> yeah. to the big three guys. No, but to the big yeah. three guys. I mean, the Calgary, you know, Derek Ryan, fourth-line center on the power play, scores a goal today. Yep. Elias Lindholm, a guy they traded for, scores two goals today, including the game winner. And was excellent in the faceoff dot as well. Won a big faceoff at the end that set up the empty net goal. All right, we will finish the play with Stephen. We are hoping to put his name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at a thousand dollars. Fast Track Indoor Karting, safe adrenaline pumping fun. Fast Track Karting, Edmonton.com. What do you have? Back to Kajula, cross ice to Darnell Nurse, twisted off the boards and fired in. Nurse was pasted by, I believe, Sam Bennett, of all people. Stephen, it was Sam Bennett with that big hit. He was drafted fourth overall in 2014. What Edmonton Oiler was taking one spot ahead of him? Leon Dreisaitl. Absolutely. Hang on to the phone line here so uh, Patrick can take down your information. You are the finish the play winner tonight, and you're going into the grand prize draw. 780-496-0063. We have Edgar standing by. Hi, Edgar. Hey, how are you today? Good. Thanks for taking my call. So here's uh, here's what I'm wondering about. is third man in. Didn't there used to be uh, 
a penalty for that. I, yeah, it, it's on a fight, though. There, went, there wasn't a fight. David went down, and they were kind of scrumming together. He, both players are very vulnerable. And when Chuck just dropped on him, probably give him one to the middle, and then in the scrum climbed up yeah. to give him yeah. one on the toque. You yeah, know, it's I for just, fighting you it. Don't like it see, you don't like to see that for anything, but yeah. you okay. know, when both players are vulnerable, you'd think that it'd almost be a penalty. Well, the, 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 there's only a third man in if there's a fight, and there wasn't a fight there, so they're not going to call a third man in. Having said that, Kachuk deserved uh, he deserved a penalty either for jumping in on that because it was roughing, or he deserved a penalty for punching Leon in the head five times. So I don't. The, the refs missed that one. There should have been a penalty. All right, let's go back to Calgary. Here is Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Third period, it uh, looked like the Flames just came back. Well, they did a very good job in the third period. They uh, certainly took it to us. We're the better team and deserved the win. But um, I thought our first two periods set them up well in the third. Too many penalties. Uh, their top players didn't have to play a lot of hard minutes. They were on the power play the, the whole first two. So by the time you get to the third, they've got some juice left in their uh, in their tanks or gas in their tanks, and uh, they certainly took it to us. Do you think some of that nastiness and chaos took away from what you guys were trying to do tonight? No, I didn't think so. Uh, I thought it was a uh, very emotionally charged game, uh, playoff-type atmosphere. Uh, I thought we played with some intensity and some physicality. Um, you know, some of the team penalties, if you want to call them that, for, for taking care of guys, uh, we killed those off. It was the, the sloppy ones after that that got to us, and, um, you know, it's, it's just too many. And uh, that's probably the difference at the end of the night, that. And, we had an opportunity to go ahead uh, two or three, and that made a change the game on some of the breakaways, but uh, their goaltender played well. Did you spend too much time on the No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so at all. Um, you know, there was cast at his thing, and uh, the other than that, Luch maybe in the last 30 seconds, but uh, I didn't think so. Did you put Lucic on the first line quick in the game? Was it to protect the because he was involved in other? Well, a little more physicality and uh, a little more meat uh, on that line in and around the blue paint for Luch. Todd, you're up two nothing, kind of late in the second. How significant was that goal they got before the second ended? Well, again, uh, you know. Beating a dead horse here it was on the the power play. Our penalty kill did a tremendous job. I thought we actually had them frustrated at that point. Perhaps if we get that kill and uh, and get into the break, uh, maybe it's a little bit different. But they definitely got some energy uh, from that and uh, got a chance to regroup and came after us in the third. Todd, obviously, any loss, especially comeback comeback uh, losses, are kind of tough to swallow. Is it kind of a good thing that the team doesn't sit on this and are back on home ice tomorrow against Vegas and just kind of? Well, this one's over. Um, put it behind us and get ready to play tomorrow. No, he was he wasn't hurt. He was taken out of the game really because of the penalties. And uh, then by the time we got through penalty killing, he wasn't a penalty killer. Uh, we ended up with three uh, using three different centers and maybe double shifting Connor a little bit. So unfortunately for him, the, the game didn't present itself where he could uh, get a lot of ice time. Um, you know, he still got things to work on too, but. Uh, uh, it was just a tough night for him. And you rewarded Cassian by putting him on the second line. Thought he was playing well, we had to get him back into the game. He, I thought he was playing well early, and then uh, he took... Uh, what did you think of the whole thing with Richard? Which part of it? Three penalties I guess. You well, you don't penalties. You don't want uh, you don't want to go to the penalty box, but um, you know, I thought that uh, 
Cass was there and, and um, you know, the way the game was going and the way certain individuals play, you thought there might be more uh, happening in that situation than, than really did. So leave it at that. What was your first impression on that Spooner? Pardon me? Ryan Spooner, what was your first impression? Tough day for him. Uh, I think he only got 11 minutes, but he, he woke up with the time change, flying six hours, uh, 8 o'clock game, uh, trying to figure out his line mates, his team, very little rhythm in the game. Uh, not an easy night to come in and play with your new team, but uh, you can see that he has uh, uh, some offensive skill. Um, he has the ability to read and react to, uh, to offensive plays. I think once he gets his legs underneath us, figures our club out and, and his teammates, he's going to even be better. Well, Brodziak, yeah, Brodziak was out and uh, Stromer did a bunch of penalty killing for us. So uh, Chaser's capable of doing it and, um, you know, obviously rewarded us with a shorthanded goal. Yep. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Alex Chason in on the penalty kill tonight. Scored early in the game, shorthanded. Connor McDavid made it 2 nothing in the second period, but the Flames come back to beat Edmonton 4-2. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, it's 11.34. We have Jesse on line four. Go ahead, Jesse. Hey, guys. Um, the first two periods, the guys were, they were rolling. They were playing good. Um, they were killing penalties. They are playing for each other. It seemed like coming into the third, maybe uh, the reins got pulled back on them a little bit, and they were they're flat-footed, and then Calgary just rolled over them, and they couldn't really come back after that. Um, do you think that that happened within the dressing room and between the intermission with Todd, or what do you guys think about that? No, I don't think anything was told for them to pull the reins back. I think they ran out of energy. I think killing penalties through 40 minutes zapped uh, a ton of injury playing with a shortened bench because uh, Russell got very little ice time. Marody got no ice time. Um, the, the loss of Brodziak and Reeder not playing tonight uh, shortened their penalty killing bench. No Strom. And the Calgary Flames are a very, very good third-period team, best in the National Hockey League. They showed it again tonight, and it was just too much for the Oilers. There was nothing pulling back. It was simply the Calgary team was better in the third. 4-2, the Flames win it. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, you can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. The Oilers did hit... Six against Montreal on Tuesday. They'll try to get to that total tomorrow when they take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Warren on line six. Go ahead, Warren. Good evening. I uh, also think they were on coach tonight. I thought it was kind of a sorry state of affairs, the way he sort of mixed up the lines. And then, of course, with the last, what, less than two minutes, he's got uh, Leon centering uh, Lucic and Jujar Kara. I'm not sure how they were expecting to... The, on that play, on the one that you're talking with, Jujar Kara, they, there was a face-off. McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Lucic were on the ice. There was a face-off. They pulled McDavid off the ice, hoping that the Calgary Flames would pull Giordano off the ice. He put Jujar out, and if you have watched, as soon as they dropped the puck, Jujar went straight to the bench 100 miles an hour, and Connor McDavid stepped on. So Jujar was out there for like three seconds. Todd McClellan was trying to get uh, Connor McDavid away from Giordano for just a shift to see if he was able to uh, uh, create a little offense without Gio on the ice. So Jujar wasn't out there for more than three seconds. Which shows that they were totally outcoached. I mean, Calgary really took away the, the game from the Oilers, and, you know, they were leading in the first. 
and they were responding well. I mean, if they wanted to limit some of the exposure McDavid was having to to the tough play that was on the ice with a two-goal lead, they could have just simply changed the minutes to the lines a little bit and then let the other lines sort of tough it out with with that play. Well, and put them out, you know, because Calgary was icing the puck a lot. Uh, they could have brought them back out when they did another icing, put them on the power play or anything. Well, you're not, you're not going to limit Connor McDavid's ice time ever. Um, they uh, t- every time the p- the faceoff was in the offensive end, Connor McDavid's line jumps on the ice. They almost unless they just got off. The reason the line lines were changed was because they had Cassian was gone for over 16 minutes. Marodi didn't play at all, and he was their third line center. And Russell played very little, so they had nine forwards. They tried rotating in there, so that's why the lines were changed. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. The Oilers fall 4-2 to the Flames. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630-10. Giordano fires a pass back, but Clefbaum saw it coming, got back, center pass, Lindholm to the net, wrist shot denied, Koskinen, a spectacular save on Elias Lindholm. Well, Miko Koskin made some good stops, but David Riddick a little better at the other end. That was the save of the game for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. JiffyLoopService.ca. If you missed this one, the Oilers were up 2-0 in the second period, 2-1 after 2. They were bombed in the third. The Flames get three goals, two from Lindholm, one into an empty net. They outshot the Oilers 18-5, 4-2 Calgary wins tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, and we have Scott calling in. Scott, are you calling in from Boston? I am. What's up? Good well, evening. Yes. What's up? What's up? Thanks I for did st- last year. Forgive me. Um, I forget which station. I'm confused. I'm a huge Oilers fan, man. Since I was three years old. The old when I, I'm 41. When Gretzky, you you know, don't make me elaborate. Huge Oilers fan in Bruins country. Um, so much to say. How long do I got? Do I got a minute? You got one I, minute I, exactly. Go ahead. All right. Here we go. Thank you, sir. First point. I don't want to hear McDavid. First of all, are you? Uh, who's listening right now? Edmonton, Western Canada? I have no idea. I'm the whole Boston. world, who's buddy. Listening? A lot of people? Whole world. Am I, who's listening? Alberta? This, uh, this goes oh, everywhere. Yeah, it goes all everywhere. Right, all right, cool. Listen. McDavid, I've been t- I, I bet on him every year to win the Yacht Ross. He's going to win the Yacht Ross this year by about 30 points. It's a joke. I got him at 3-1. to one. Secondly, I don't want to hear he needs muscle on his line. No, he doesn't. What he needs is creativity, Nugent Hopkins, and speed. Now, you guys know who's the fastest skater on the Oilers. I don't care what his points are. Who's the fastest skater on that team? McDavid. Well, go down to the minors. Who's their fastest skater? Outside of McDavid, maybe Reader? I don't know. Kajula? I don't know either. I don't know. I'm probably you probably Reader. Probably Reader. Oh, oh, he needs muscle. Lucic. No, he, Lucic is a... I almost swore, and I never will in your show. He's a pain in his side. McDavid needs speed, creativity. He should be centering Nugent Hopkins, and he should be centering the fastest skater in the organization. I don't care if they, if they have to go to the AHL to get him. First huh? point, okay? No, mm-hmm. the fact. They, 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 they could put up three goals a night on their own. They, oh, he needs muscle. Creates, no, he doesn't. You know, create space, speed. Go ahead. No, don't hang up on me. I'm not done. 
No, we're not still here. up on you, but you got to wrap uh, it up quick. We got a lot of people. Well, I know how talk radio works out here in Boston. My, I hate the, I don't hate the Bruins, but I love the Oilers so much. Secondly, another, I have so much to say. Another thing, second line is a thing, and. They need someone. You want muscle on the second line. I swear to God, if I'm going to coach the team, McClellan should be fired tomorrow. This team, if this team doesn't go deep in the playoffs this year, I'll still wear the Oilers hat, but I will move to Edmonton just to make sure they fire McClellan. Enough is enough. You guys have the best player. I'll close with this. Just so you know, I'm having a couple of beers here in Boston. I just watched the whole game, by the way, on NHL Network. I love Edmonton. <laughs> Do you guys know that Connor McDavid is the best? I'll, I'll close. Give me 20 seconds. He's the best player this league has seen since Mario Lemieux. I get into, I get into arguments almost every night at the bar. Oh, no, Crosby's better. I literally laugh in their face. I say, this kid's won the Art Ross at 19 and 20. He's going to do it again for the next 10 years, barring injury. He doesn't need muscle. He needs nuge, and he needs speed. All right, Guys, Scott. I'll be calling you after the next game. Thank you, brother. All right, that's Scott in Boston. <laughs> Great call. He's, he's enthusiastic, very enthusiastic. Sue, 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Sue. Hi. I think Dry Settle, Dry Settle should have fought Kachuk because they didn't have the same intensity after that. The whole game. I don't think you want Dry Settle fighting Kachuk. I, I, I mean, uh, there's guys on this team whose job it is to fight. There's guys on this team whose job it is to score. I think Leon will fall in the scoring part of it. Uh, Kachuk is trying to get Leon off his game. Kachuk is trying to get Connor off his game. I think that's why Cassian went out and did what he did. That's why you saw Lucic do the things he did. Kachuk is good, very, very good at what he does. He annoys. But I don't think you want Leon fighting him because now all of a sudden your top goal scorer is sitting in the box and Kachuk is laughing. Oilers lose 4-2 to the Flames. Oil Kings lose 3-1 to the Kelowna Rockets on the Edmonton Trailer scoreboard. Drive away with your newer used trailer. Head to edmontontrailer.com. The Oilers farm team, Bakersfield Condors, winning tonight over Colorado. Big third period for them. Five goals as they win 5-2. Puliyarvi and Yamamoto both scored. In the NHL, Red Wings beat the Devils 3-2 in overtime. Lightning over the Flyers 6-5 in OT. Sabres edge the Wild 3-2. Canadians score late to beat the Canucks 3-2. Senators outscore the Penguins 6-4. Rangers knock off the Panthers 4-2. Columbus wins 4-1 over Carolina. Bruins beat Arizona 2-1. Predators over the Kings 5-3. Sharks blank the Blues 4-zip. Rocket, go ahead. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good, go ahead. You know what? If um, if you could walk away from, from a game knowing that you could have won it, that's pretty good versus knowing that you walked away from a game where you got absolutely like lambasted and walked out of the park. And this isn't one of those games. This was a game, yet another game, that I called in a couple of shows ago and I said, I really like the way the team played. I, I really like the way they looked. They, they, they had their chances, they lost, and then they won the next game and now I'm calling in tonight and they lost. But I, I, gar- I almost guarantee you they're going to win tomorrow. Okay. Like, cool. Like, Thanks, Rocket. We'll probably talk to you after tomorrow's game. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, cheers. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Mike on 
the line. Are you, Mike, you calling in from Vegreville? Uh, yeah. How's the big egg doing? Uh, it's doing uh, well. It's okay. All right. Go ahead. Calgary's a pretty clean team. <laughs> There's the line of the night. <laughs> I mean, they could tackle McDavid and come up with a power play. That's, that's, that's good. Yeah, there, there was a couple odd refing calls tonight. I don't think refing was the difference. And, and actually, the, the, the power play goal that Calgary did score to get back in the game, the penalty against Larson, I didn't think that was a penalty. I thought Larson was just stronger and threw him down. I didn't think he held him. But I don't think refing was the difference because the third period, the Oilers had a lead. And the Calgary Flames never got a power play, yet yeah. scored three times. Bit, bit of a game of missed opportunities. Absolutely. Oh, big time. Yep. Um, but I, I kind of find it humorous that Kachuk drops his gloves with Cassian there. And I can understand Cassian getting, you know, the penalty on that, but to give him a double minor. Well, he actually got a triple minor. Okay. That's- <laughs> he got three roughing penalties out of misconduct, and Bennett, well, I'm not even sure what Bennett did, got a roughing penalty. He must have jumped yeah, on somebody. I think, I think Bennett had an original penalty coming, and then that sort of melee happened. But, yeah, that's 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 humorous officiating to me. All right. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks a lot for calling, Matt. 780-496-0063. Flames lose, or Oilers lose, 4-2 to the Flames. Troy is standing by. Hi, Troy. Hi. How's it going? Very well. Well, I'm just uh, wondering about the Oilers. Is that why, why do we do so good in the first maybe two periods? And then we break apart, and then we're chasing ourselves. Yeah, well, I think to, I think today, like Rob and I touched on, uh, I mean, I think Calgary has uh, a deeper roster to begin with, and tonight uh, it was made, the gap was made worse by the uh, injuries and inexperience that the Oilers had in their lineup, so they weren't using as many players, and, and Calgary got rolling and, and really hemmed the Oilers in. Michael on line two. Go ahead, Michael. Hi guys, how are you? Good. It was a great game tonight, I'm not denying that. But the thing is, is that what I noticed, I watched the game tonight, I watched the game Tuesday night, and we didn't come out in the third like we did against Montreal. And this is a team that just beat the Calgary Flames two nights ago. So what happened to us in the third? Like, we came out flat-footed. We did not play as good as we did against Montreal Canadiens, where we came out scored four goals, we were playing great game, we and I just want to know what's your thoughts on that one Well again, it, the Oilers penalty killed through the first 40 minutes They Calgary's deeper, the, the Oilers players that had the penalty killing uh, because of guys with injuries, guys that were traded, uh, were overextended and they, they fatigue and energy became a problem for the Oilers in the third period. Calgary Flames are, are deeper. They were more well-rested. And they are a very good third-period team. And tonight they showed it. Yeah, again, those stats, the Flames are 6-7-1 and one when trailing after two periods. So they have played 20 games. And they have trailed after two periods 14 times. 14 times. That's not a good recipe, but it's working for them so far. And their third period goal differential is plus 17. Best in the National Hockey League. I mean, if you were plus 8 in a period after 20 games, you'd probably think, oh, that's a pretty good period for Mm -hmm. us. They're they're plus 17. Pretty amazing. Uh, Tony, we're uh, getting short on time, buddy, so you got about 40 seconds. Go ahead. Disappointing game. Yeah, it was entertaining. Um don't know how we lost in the third period. Came out very flat. 
in my opinion. Um, I kind of have to I kind of have to complain about one thing, and that's the refing because the refing I don't get how Kachuk completely can completely just destroy McDavid by jumping on him, and he gets nothing. And I want to know what you guys think about if we were to buy out Lucic from his contract. Well, they obviously can't do it mid-season. I think there's a, a chance it could happen in the summer, depending how the final 60 games of this season go. That's about all mm-hmm. we can say to that. It's, it'd be a pretty painful buyout. There's no doubt about that. Face-off trivia, Patrick Russell made his NHL debut tonight. Where did he play his NCAA hockey? I know, in oh. the United States. Yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant. Uh, Gloria knew it was St. Cloud State. So she's in the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card, courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca. All right, guys, we're tight to the clock, but we'll uh, give Winston about 40 seconds here. Go ahead, Winston. Hi, gentlemen. Thank you. Um, just wondering, Rob, being a former NHLer, uh, what you thought about Connor McDavid tonight? I kind of thought aside from his goal, He's kind of a ghost. You played alongside Mario in big games. Sometimes he was great. Other times, maybe not. What do you think? Um, I, I thought Connor was good. I, I, I've Obviously, I've seen him play better. I think the Calgary Flames did a good job of trying to frustrate him. Kachuk, every chance he had on Connor, he took an extra shot at him. That's why you saw Milan Lucic playing with Connor. I think the fact that Lucic was playing with Connor probably slowed that line down a bit. I think uh, we've seen that Milan is stake bitten, so I think that was part of part of the uh, reason that line wasn't quite as effective as they have been as of late. All right, so that does it. The Oilers lose the first installment of the Battle of Alberta this season, four-two to Calgary Flames. Rally in the third to win it. They go to eleven-eight and one. Oilers have lost five of their last six. They're now nine-nine and one on the season. We're right back at it tomorrow, four-thirty face-off show. Game will start at six as the Oilers play the Vegas Golden Knights for the first time this season. And don't forget to get more on the Oilers page on six thirty chedcom Big thank you to. Patrick Bauer, our studio producer. Enjoy the CFL Division Finals tomorrow. The winners play in the Grey Cup right here in Edmonton next Sunday. On behalf of Rob Brown, my name is Reed Wilkins. Oilers Hockey is presented by Osmond Auction, and you have been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Talk to you at 4.30 tomorrow. Have a great night.